Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ford Unto Dawn podcast. I am David, and joining me is Isaac. What's up, guys? And this is just a short little podcast to catch people up. We're recording this the Saturday after PAX Prime 2014, uh, which Isaac and I both managed to go to this year. Um, We just wanted to fill you in on some of the stuff we saw, what we thought about it, and just a little update cast. And uh, interestingly enough, this is Dave's first PAX. So, Dave, what were your general impressions? Oh, right, well, yeah. So, it's my first PAX. How many times have you been now? You've been many. This will be my third. Yeah. So, it was fun. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It was great to actually meet a lot of the Halo community I had not met before in person, talked to a lot. Um, guys from Halo Gaff, guys from HBO. Uh, guys from a bunch of different communities, actually. We were repping um, copies of our continuing book project, Community Evolved. CommunityEvolved.com, if you've never heard of it. Uh, got some good feedback on that. The show floor is busy. Lots of stuff going on there. There was a really cool uh, Halo Master Chief Collection panel, which we went to. Uh, we did some hiking, actually, because Isaac, having been there a couple times, wanted to do something different, so we went out to Cougar Mountain, which is pretty, and if you've seen Ford Unto Dawn, you've sort of seen the environment out there. Lots of ferns, lots of moss. I mean, Vancouver's really close to uh, Seattle, so it's all part of the Pacific Northwest, and environment's nearly exactly the same. It felt like we were walking through Circinius 4. Yeah, it was very cool, and Isaac might have, down the line, something related to that coming to Ford Unto Dawn. We'll see. Maybe. Further down the line. Yes, further down the line. <clears throat> Let's just say I picked up a uh, a field guide sort of book while I was there that's going to be lending itself to that pretty well. Yeah. It's going to be cool, guys. It's going to be real cool. Just you have to wait. Okay, so um, in terms of big Halo news that happened while we were out there, one of the, the big things that happened, which was not surprising to anyone, I don't think, because Frankie sort of spilled the beans early and then they announced it right before PAX actually was that Lockout would be coming to Halo 2 Anniversary as one of the six remastered maps. Big surprise. I mean, nobody liked that map. Yeah, no one, no one at all. Um, and there's some uh, decent screenshots up. We actually uh, went and spent a fair amount of time playing it hands-on. If you don't remember, which I actually did not until I went back and looked at some of the old pictures, Lockout sort of has a frozen flood theme like quarantine zone like sacred icon yeah in the shotgun room they have a a whole corridor of flood containment cells that um many people don't realize but if you look inside them in halo 2 you actually can see some sort of flood shape it's it's very ill-defined um but there it's not just a green glow uh and what was so great about the original lockout and you know bungie's uh, environmental storytelling they could tell such an interesting story with such a little detail in Lockout in the original. All of these flood containment cells were locked down, still sealed after 100,000 years, except for one, which was cracked open and indicated that something had broken out. Yeah, and so that 
the entire map's gotten a, a big overhaul. It's still, it's a bit sunnier, but it's still icy. Uh, and what I think we as the fiction junkies and Isaac as someone who really likes the flood, especially were impressed by was the update that those flood containment cells got. Yeah. The hazy figure that you can barely see in Halo 2 has been entirely updated. Um, there are now fully visible flood forms inside each of those containers. Uh, not only that, but each one is relatively unique. It looks like there's multiple different models. I think, I think uh, I'm pretty sure some of them are repeats, but they've been flipped around. Um, so every container that you look in is going to have an entirely new flood form to kind of break apart and look at and speculate about. Yeah, and uh, we Isaac spent time getting killed in the heat of battle just to take some pictures of it and they're a little blurry because they're of course off screen but uh you can see them they'll be attached in the show notes you can see some of the stuff we're talking about it's it's funny because i wasn't actually on the show floor first um i think dave you got to play lockout before i did um either that or it was garrett td spiral um who did our cover art for our book but either way i was asking someone you know, like, what were the flood forms like? Because that was the one thing I was most, most interested in. And they said, well, it kind of just seems like a, a mass of limbs and tentacles and nothing's really that well-defined. So I, of course, went back and had to uh, challenge that notion and tried to look at them much more closely. And it turns out that uh, some of them do seem like just strange masses of tangled, contorted tentacles and flood forms. Um but there's other ones that actually have a bipedal body. People didn't think that there was anything distinct about them. But once you figured out where the head should be, if you look close enough, I managed to get a few good pictures of a quite interesting-looking face or what is left of a face. Um, given that the the map is Forerunner and these flood forms are so massive and yet still humanoid, um, it's pretty likely that these are just forerunner um, flood forms that have been preserved. Uh, but I think you guys should definitely take a look at the pictures that we've got. There's some really interesting details about some of them. Like one of them, its head has been stretched out to the size of the body like a carrier form, but its brain has been contorted with it so you can see its brain on the outside. Uh, some of them have, um, it looks like, at first it looks like there's tentacles coming out of the mouth. But if you look closely, some of them are actually digits, like fingers or toes. It's a really bizarre combination of different body parts. Uh, and I think it just kind of shows really well the the sort of mutations that the Flood forces on people. And it, I was impressed because the Flood in the past has kind of conformed to this combat form, carrier form, pure form hierarchy. And then in the Forerunner trilogy, we read about all these other Flood forms that were just much more chaotic and uh, it seems like they weren't quite as functional to the degree that the ones in the Halo trilogy were and I think that the forms that we see in these tanks are much more representational of that. Yeah, and um, coming off of Halo 4 and Halo 3, it's actually it might be indicative of what we see of the Flood if they return I think it's when they return in a Halo game because whereas I think you described it. Halo 3, they sort of went to a kind of rhino skin um, look, especially to the, the pure forms. And then Halo 4, for the Flood, 
um, set up. They kind of had to work with the fact that they were reskinned Spartans with uh, energy swords, so they gained a claw instead of a tentacle. But they were a bit more chitinous. Um, they feel felt more plated, and these, in comparison, really feel like a throwback to the Halo 1, Halo 2 Flood, where they're more spongy. So I'm not sure if that if you can really take any uh, cues from that, since it is a certain affinity that did these maps. But it'd be interesting to see if their cues for what the Flood looked like in it are possibly based on what we're going to see Flood look like in later games. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think it's definitely a, it's a good look. And it feels good to return to that kind of classic, slimy, decaying flesh sort of look. Yeah, it definitely looks cool. And they definitely, I'm pretty sure I counted multiple uh, fingers more than humans, but there's so much going on with them. I guess you can't really say for sure if they're foreigners or not. But I guess the question of the fact that, like you said, they are so distorted um if it's something like they were sort of controlled experiments to see what mutations would happen um, by the forerunners or these are just sort of the natural kind of uncontrolled forms we might see that they're sort of frozen and like some sort of transition there's a lot of cool hooks you might see into it and what they might be telling us yeah i think there's definitely going to be more to look at once we can get some hands-on time with the map ourselves and actually, you know, get to look at those live without being shot at. Um, but until then, I mean, I think uh, everyone listening to this, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably into fiction because that's what brought you to forward into dawn, hopefully. Um, so like you should definitely check those images out for yourself. And uh, if you want to let us know what you see, because there's definitely a lot of room for interpretation and, you know, we love that kind of discussion. Aside from the, the fiction side, I mean, it. I guess it felt like Halo 2. I actually haven't played that much online Halo 2 in a really long time, but and I, so I was sort of mashing down the left stick to sprint around, which was not conducive at all. I, I Halo 2 was my game. That was the one that I spent the most time on. Not online, but playing a lot of LAN parties with my friends back home. And... Uh, I can tell everybody listening to this, everybody who hasn't played, uh, it feels like Halo 2. It feels like Halo 2 with very minor upgrades that absolutely add to the gameplay. Um, that said, I only played for about three games, so I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not an extreme multiplayer guy. I'm more of a social multiplayer guy, so whether it affects balancing, anything like that, I can't say. I can just say that the game was really fun to play with the added features and with the few small tweaks that they had. Yeah, so the, the on Lockout, the interactive feature that they've been adding to all the different maps is there are stalactites that regenerate over time, but you can shoot them down really easily, um, and they, they collapse on the uh, BR tower uh, in the center area or uh, in the back of the sniper tower. Yeah, at the base of the walkway going up to the sniper tower. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see once people are used to it, if it works really well. Personally, I liked getting triple kills with it because it was really easy. I assume once people have actually played the game, they will understand that they're there and be a little more tactical with them. But they were they were interesting if you were getting stuck, like they had you pinned down or whatever. That was a good way to sort of break out. Did not help when we were getting absolutely slaughtered by another team, but... No. at least made you feel like there was a chance 
uh, and that that uh, center stalactite breaks um, a shield in the the middle, so you can actually drop down uh, from the top. So it's, that's an, that's an interesting note because the shield in the middle um, they have made so strong. I think it takes something like four plasma grenades to normally break it is what they showed in the video yes so it it's really something you would only knock down the center stalactite to to knock out under yeah. most situations now that said i had a really cool um combat encounter revolving around that whole feature um i was on the sniper tower uh looking across the br tower i saw that the stalactite was up and that there was someone walking around the center so i shot it down the shield broke it did not kill the person walking around on the center, but it dropped their shields. So I hopped down, meleeed them, started getting shot at from the BR tower, just reversed, jumped right down the hole that the shield was blocking before, and coincidentally there was another guy that had his shields down from a previous encounter in that room right above the shotgun room, meleeed him, killed him. It was a really cool example of how opening up that center way, that center glass piece... Um, just kind of improves the overall flow of the map. Like, there's more options as far as movement is concerned. And it just feels nice. The nice thing is that uh, all these changes are forgeable, so if people are like, no, I just want a prettier-looking lockout, you can turn off the center area, you can turn off the stalactites. It's pretty helpful. I'm not sure about the elbow. I imagine you can't. You, you but... could probably get rid of it. Hmm. You can yeah, probably just... just block it off. Um, so that's it for lockout. Um, and then the other big, the other big Halo-related uh, thing at PAX was the Master Chief Collection panel. Saturday, big theater, lots of people there. And uh, as usual, they kicked it off by having a fully costumed Spartan walking around through the crowds. Oh yeah, they had they had a, a really nice um, Master Chief milling about. They had, and that guy was big. That like I've I've seen full Halo Four. Uh, Master Chief costumes before, but this is definitely the tallest one I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was pretty massive. And then of course, um, so we got a bit of news on all sorts of fronts. Um, we got a little bit of uh, Nightfall Vidoc, which we'll link, which mostly we already talked about. But it did reveal a lot of uh, plot details that, while we've kind of speculated at in the past, you know, it's nice to have it confirmed now have a real vision of what's to come yeah so it's it's confirmed that it's a piece of halo ring that's uh not actually crashed on a planet but it's it's sort of hurtling towards the sun uh, and it's flipping over and so they're filming in iceland because that gives them excuse to talk about how the sun has totally roasted the out of control planet and that's why everything's kind of destroyed which is cool on the other hand you kind of like but I want to see Kayla realized on screen, not just a, a broken, ashy mess. Yeah. But uh, such is life. <laughs> well, I do think, um, I remember I talked before about the possibility of having some gravimetric disturbances play into the action sequences because I saw a picture of all the uh, actors up on wires, like 20, maybe 20 feet above the ground. Um, and I think this kind of confirms that that's actually what's going to happen. I mean, you've got a small portion of a halo ring that's not stabilized by the rest of its intact structure that's swinging wildly out of control. The gravity is going to do some crazy things. In addition to the, uh, what is it, Chronicles of Riddick-like sun-scorching effect. 
Yeah, so we got a little more on Nightfall, and then the um, the big news was they showed off a lot more. They uh, at, at the panel was the audio director uh, for Anniversary, and so we got a lot more of the music, the remastered music. We got a sample of the Mjolnir mix with Steve Vai, who's returning to record stuff. We got a bit of Never Forget. Uh, the Vidoc for Nightfall comes with a new version of Impend, which I think sounds really, really good. We will not have Breaking Benjamin and Incubus in the remastered version. We will have uh, a new artist, which personally is its not my style of music, but neither was Breaking Benjamin or Incubus, so I think it's sort of a, a net zero change. <laughs> I think, well, who is the new artist? I forget the name. Misha Mansour. The The artist is Misha Man or yeah, Misha Mansour from the band Periphery. Which I'm not familiar with to any degree. But I will say, uh, this Breaking Benjamin was a little bit of uh, hard rock. And, you know, to my 14-year-old self, I think it was at the time, like, I love that. That was... Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I listened to... I listened to... Hoopastank on my Sony Discman on the way to school, eighth grade. It was cool. Yeah, and I think more so the the Breaking Benjamin song that plays in the uh, oh, what's it called the Sanctum of the no the yeah the the, the Muslim yeah yeah that moment is one of my favorite moments in Halo Two because it just does such a good job of getting your adrenaline going like. You know, Cortana says, maybe we should wait this one out. You sit there, you're considering waiting to get out, and then the music clicks in, and you're just like, no way, I'm waiting this out. This is too fun. Um, and they've stepped it up. It's It seems much more uh, metally rather than hard rock, which, you know, I, I'm fine with. I listen to all sorts of metal. And it's it's really just a replacement for the exact same vibe that they were going for. Um, I think the moment's still going to be just as intense and it's going to be just as effective when you actually play the game. They demoed a lot of the sound effects, which pretty much all sounded great to me. Yeah. What your were, opinions were. They were fantastic. Um, the weapon sounds in Halo have always... I mean, it's sci-fi, obviously, but they've always sounded a little fake to me. They don't necessarily sound like real sci- uh, firearms. Um, first of all, when they started playing the original Halo 2 firearm like weapon sounds over the speaker system that they had in that auditorium with this massive bass <laughs> that alone made them sound more like real firearms and i was i was impressed by that and then they played the updated ones and it just man i went nuts those yeah, especially when they uh sounding they switched to the the sniper rifle the remastered sniper rifle the and entire crowd went yeah the, the, the entire theater went nuts and then they Everyone went nuts for the uh, revised energy sword, which sounds like you're just breaking out this like crystalline. Uh, it's just really sounds cool, and we'll post the the video so you can listen to it. Hopefully, you you would need probably to crank the bass up on your on your speakers and like blast everyone else. And I'd recommend listening to it with uh, with really good headphones. Yeah, because it's it's probably never going to sound as good as it did in that theater, but. It was really cool, and I think they did a good job. The most important thing is they definitely, without a doubt, captured the essence of each weapon. Mm -hmm. Like, the weapons don't change the feel. I mean, the plasma pistol does a little bit, 
but it's so subtle. Like the feel of each weapon is not changed; it's just enhanced. It's I mean, it's a lot like Lockout. Nothing has been uh, destroyed. Nothing that you loved about it originally is gone. They've just added to that. And then uh, there were a few other things that went on. Uh, we had Halo Three. 1080p 60 frames per second which looks like you imagine and there was also uh some announcements on forge which if you're a forge person is probably everything you want it to be at least from the or if you were a forge person and then stopped with halo 4 yeah so basically the, the right at the top of the slide is yeah here's these things you kind of hated about 4 that the magnets were inconsistent we took away precision editing that stuff's back so at the very least, it's going to be now. yeah, it's going to be as capable as it was in Reach with the additions in Halo Four, and then a lot of cool stuff, including scripting, which we don't know anything about at this point, except that it'll be very limited scripting. Is yeah, what it's it's definitely not going to be write your own mission in the game, but for people who were really hoping that they would push Forge forward. In Halo 5, the fact that they're doing these updates in Halo 2 Anniversary probably bodes well for that. Alright, so we hit everything up? think so. Yeah, so we'll post uh, links and videos to all this stuff so you can check it out. Kind of loses something for not being there, so the only thing I can say is go. <laughs> if you can, it was a lot of fun uh, going this year and it was great to finally meet everyone there and experience the Halo stuff firsthand. So you have anything else you want to say, Isaac? Um, well, it's not necessarily Halo-related, but Destiny is out on Tuesday, and I'm pretty excited for that. This is going to be the first big game that kind of draws me back into playing on a regular basis, unless the final game uh, kills my interest in that, but I don't think that will be the case. So uh, any members of the community who will be playing Destiny, you know, hit us up. We'll be happy to play with you. Um, on what platform? I will be on Xbox One. As I think many people will be, I will probably be on Xbox One. Uh, I'm picking that up in a couple of days, so I'm getting the Xbox One for Destiny and then for the Master Chief Collection. Um, and it's possible, you know, if we're inspired enough by the game, that there might be some articles pertaining to the Destiny universe coming from Forward and Dawn in the future. Yep. And we will see. Yeah, so that about wraps up this shorter episode. Uh, just catching you guys up on what's going on on PAX. We'll be putting out some more content soon. Uh, the book is coming. We'll keep you updated on that. If you want to join the discussion, you can join our forums at assembly.forwardentodon.com. You can leave us a rating or a message or a review on iTunes or go to the show notes for this episode where you can find all the videos we talked about, the flood pictures, uh, and one or two uh, other pictures from our PAX adventure at fortnitedon.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.